You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and MERPS. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Adam. This is MERPS. Hope you guys have had a good week. Let us talk about the patch. We got some stuff. A lot of stuff happening. It happened early in the week, and it feels like so long ago. Um, but but really, um, we did not even know that what was going to be in the patch when we last were doing this podcast last week. So yeah, let's uh, let's do a rundown. We're gonna do arena first, and then um, and then battleground. So we're gonna talk about the changes in the patch, and then we're gonna discuss arena. Then we're gonna go back and talk about the changes in the patch and battlegrounds and discuss battlegrounds. So I'm gonna run over the card, the changes to cards that don't matter first. Uh, Encanter's Flow is 3 mana now. Uh, Ilgunath went from a 4 mana 2-6 lifesteal. Your lifesteal damages enemy heroes instead of healing you. That's uh, Demon Hunter Legendary. To 6 mana 4-8 lifesteal. Same, same thing. Just they added plus 2 plus 2 to it and made it 2 mana bigger. You're going to see that as a pattern here where they just raise the mana cost of cards and give a plus 1 plus 1, which makes the card worse. Uh, at least in the arena. But the point of all this is constructed-driven, as usual, and they're trying to slow the game down a bit without, like, totally destroying any decks. Um, so, yeah. So, next change, same thing. Dark Glare. You guys remember Dark Glare. It's a 2-mana two 2-3. Two, After your hero takes damage, refresh a mana crystal. Uh, that's now a 3-mana three 3-4. Three, same thing. That's a Warlock card. Uh... Battlegrounds Battlemaster. We're going to put a pin in that and come back to it because it's really more or less the only thing that matters here. Uh, Kokar Pack Runner, uh, which we featured in our deck on uh, uh, last Arena Coop. It's a 2-mana 2-3 Hunter. Um, after you cast a spell, summon a 1-1 Hyena with Rush. It's a pretty OP. Now it's a 3-mana three 3-4 three, with the same ability. Which... Honestly, might make it better in arena, just because three mana three fours is so much better than two mana two threes. Uh, I I don't know if I agree with that. Just just because the ability was really good, and and the fact that like I, with this minion, even though it's vanilla statted, I, I found that I used the ability a ton. Like mm-hmm. it, it was really pretty broken in arena, and not just for like aggro hunter, which let's face it doesn't really work right now. Mm-hmm. Um. It's best in that sort of like mid-range hunter where you're at least controlling the board and it's like having a second desert spear almost, right? Like you're mm-hmm. just able to get all of this exact damage. And I found that the cheapness of the card really worked in its favor. Not that it's getting a huge nerf or anything because it keeps stats, but I do anticipate that it's going to be a little bit more awkward to use. And Part of the reason why I like this card so much was I was able to blow out games on, like, or at least start the snowball in turn two or blow it out starting on turn three. So this is definitely going to hurt a little bit. Like, I'm thinking of a lot of the plays that I was able to do just on turn two and then following up on turn three with this thing. Mm -hmm. And you're just not able to do it anymore. But overall impact, it's not huge, uh, but it, it, it is a little bit disappointing to see. Okay. Um, I don't really have any opinions about uh, this change, but it is an effect in the arena because this is a, a very popular card in the arena, and it uh, 
for good reason. It's over 60% win rate right now. You can't track the win rates on this because the patch also came with um, the offering odds adjust, which made Hunter the number two class in the meta right now. So all the off win rates have gone up. Um, so this win rate has gone up too, but that doesn't really mean anything. Um, okay. Uh, moving on from that, we have a, another nerf. Uh, this one to Shaman, Granite Forgeborn. Granite Forgeborn, it was a four mana, four, five elemental with Battlecry, reduce the cost of elementals in your hand and deck by one. It's just kind of a ridiculous card. Uh, even though in Arena, you're not gonna get that many elemental synergies. It's still just a flat out bonus that you will be able to use in pretty much every deck, at least somewhat. Now it's a four mana, four, four, which makes it a lot worse. Uh, in, in Arena. Um, then you have uh, the nerf to Conviction, the Paladin card that buffs plus three attack to a random minion on the a random friendly minion on the board, also known as your minion with initiative. Uh, it's now two mana. So it was like pretty good in Arena, not even like totally busted, not even premium, just like good. Uh, now it's not good. Uh, so stop picking this card if you were picking this card before. It's not unpickable, but it's not a good card. Take a Yeti over it. It's much more deck dependent now. In the right deck, it could still be devastating. Um, like, But it is definitely one where if you're picking in the draft, especially, because remember, like with draft, you got to be a little bit safer. Like mm -hmm. you might pick this off of like snack run right sometimes right. because it or is or you might pick so, it at the end of a draft yeah yeah you at the know end of you the have draft. a very aggressive board center uh, but this is now a much tougher pick earlier on in the draft um it, it's just like um uh something like what rigged fair game i think that's an example of a card uh, uh, in mage mm -hmm. that i rarely draft but how many times do you actually pick a rigged fair game off of uh ring toss or off of um that four mana two two that gives you a secret, right? You'll pick yeah, it sometimes. Yeah, so awesome. uh, just like with conviction, a lot of times you'll see the position you are in game and you'll pick it. But in the draft, you're like, oh, I don't know. That's a little bit iffy here. So that's mm -hmm. where it's at. And previously, conviction was just pretty good. Like it, it was yeah. just really, I could toss it in almost any sort of deck and be pretty happy about a blessing of might at least. Now I'm like, oh, yikes. Uh, you definitely start thinking of the randomness. You start thinking of the cost. It, it gets really dicey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and with it, because this was one of the, um, the one-mana holy spells, all of your holy spell synergies got a little weaker. Uh, and there's quite a lot of holy spell synergies, especially in Paladin. Um, so that's something else to, to think about. Um, and finally, one last change, Flesh Giant is was it eight mana eight eight cost one less for each time your hero's health changed during your turns um now is a nine mana eight eight this was never a huge problem in arena and still will not be a huge problem um but it's uh yeah i mean it's just it's just kind of it's a little worse than it was before um because I was about to say, oh, you lose the ability to play it as an 8-mana 8-8, eight eight, but no one's playing it as an 8-mana 8-8. Eight eight. They're all playing it, like, later on. So it would be, like, it used to be a 9-mana 8-8 eight eight that drew a card. Now it's a 10-mana 8-8 eight eight that draws a card. All right. Uh, okay. So going back to the one change that really, really, really mattered in the arena 
is Battlegrounds Battlemaster. You'll notice a lot of these changes. They raised the mana and then they added some stats to it. Battlegrounds Battlemaster was a 5 mana 5-5 five five that adjacent minions had Wind Fury. They could have made it into a 6 mana 6-6 six six that adjacent minions have Wind Fury. They did not. They straight up nerfed this to a 6 mana 5-5 five five adjacent minions have Wind Fury. Which is a very interesting decision because in theory... Having it be a 6-6 six, six does not, should not matter that much. Um, but they felt the need to be extra harsh on this card. And they probably felt the need to be extra harsh on this card because it is a neutral. And because, like, you know, we rated it uh, low A tier. Like, it's not, neutrals aren't supposed to be there. Um, to, at a 6 mana 6-6, six, six, it probably becomes a B plus instead of an A, honestly. Uh, but it's still, maybe still a low 8 here. Probably wouldn't matter that much, but it does make it, like, significantly worse. Um, but at a 6 mana 5-5, five, five, this card is now, like, it's still a good card. You'd still take it over a Yeti. Um, but it's now no longer a premium card. So, it's like the what? ability... It's like C plus? Yeah, like a C plus, maybe a low B, but yeah, a C plus, low B, somewhere around there. Um... And uh, it's just, from a design perspective, I could totally see why they nerfed this card to the ground. I, I made a tweet about it after this nerf came out, because I was like, oh, this is going to be one of them that we quote-unquote miss. But that's because Blizzard don't nerf cards for Arena, uh, where we rate it as our top card of the set, and we say that this should not be in the Arena, whether it should get nerfed or it should just get removed from Arena specifically. And uh, I tracked it. I, I forgot what the stats were, but I think like we called for the removal of a card pre-release, uh, like from the arena, um, or strongly suggested it, right? Uh, like seven times, and five of those were either actually removed from the arena or they were like nerfed. So if we're calling, if we're saying a card is number one overall just by its like value, its computed value, right, in our algorithm, um, and then. We, on top of that, like, using our brains, not an algorithm, look at it and say, well, this is causing swings or, like, weird stuff that just really shouldn't be belong in the arena. Then that card's going to be problematic, even for Constructed, most of the time. Like, that's what that history tells me. Uh, which is interesting, because you think Arena and Constructed, especially on neutrals, have nothing to do with each other. But when cards are too powerful, they're really too powerful. Um, and especially if they're too powerful in more, like, interesting ways, right? And this is definitely a super interesting way that this card is too powerful. Yeah, with Battlemaster, one of the problems was not, like, you know, the power by itself. It's the ability to blow people out, to do things that you couldn't really do before um and especially in this meta in which you're you don't have as much initiative so what you can do with the battle master is even more pronounced um mm -hmm. and it's still there that's kind of the issue with it uh mm -hmm. so it's it's still there you just won't see it that often because people don't draft it as often and your standard deviation of the effect of battle master when you drop it uh, the lows are much lower. Um, the highs are still the same. It's just the lows are so freaking low now. Um, and, and that's really the issue. But does that solve a problem? I mean, it depends on it your... It makes it better. Like, yeah, that, that depends on your definition of solve. But 
no, not not really, because it's still out there, uh, mm. and people are still going to draft it sometimes. They will still get it sometimes randomly as well, and they're going to chunk you down. So if you're if you're saying a problem is solved because you just don't see it that often, like for example, um, Yasera. Yesera or Blackwing, although you do see Yesera a decent amount because of yeah, the reason. Yeah, I was about to say, Blackwing you really don't see. You're right. going to see Battlemaster more often than Yesera even. No, definitely not at Blackwing levels. Yeah, but when we get to these problematic cards, it's like if they just reduce the offering rate of something like Yesera, does that solve the problem? No. Like, some mm-hmm. people may say yes, but no. Some people will just say no. Uh, and I'm one of those people that's like, no, because I just don't like the fact that it's like, oh, instead of getting hit with it once every 10 games, you get hit with it once every 25 games, and that should be okay. I just don't think that kind of stuff really belongs in the arena, but once again... It's her stone. Yeah. It's Casino Stone. You just gotta write off that X percent as like, oh, that happened? Okay, well, I lose, having nothing to do with my skill or my opponent's skill. And that's okay. Because that's it's, it's Hearthstone. So when they lower the percentages, it's it's always going to make the game better. The, but yeah, I mean, you're right. The fact that this card is still in the game doesn't solve it. This is not like, this is not a nerf. Like, I'm thinking the, the, the old school nerf, right? Like, some of the first cards we called to be removed was uh, Bone Mare. And then Giggling Inventor, like a year after that. Um, because back then, neutral cards were just like, not that crazy when it came out. Uh... I, I think Primordial Drake I called to be removed and you didn't, so that we had like a split on that. Um, but uh, like when they raised the mana of Bone Mare, it became kind of just a really good neutral for the time rather than broken. When they upped Giggling Inventor to mana, it was still better than a Yeti, <laughs> um, but uh, but not by much, and it, it solved the problem. Like at seven mana in arena at the time, having a giggly inventor out was kind of a normal, decent like thing that you can do. Uh, but when you have cards that just do more crazy stuff, like think watch uh, watch post, right? Even like if they change some stuff about it, but remain made it uh, remain toxic if you draw it on turn three, that doesn't. Like, it doesn't quote-unquote solve the problem. You're still going to have a design issue. You've just minimized the amount of times that the design issue comes into play. Um, so, if anything, Battlegrounds Battlemaster has an even bigger design issue now. Because before, it was at least a 5-mana five 5-5. Five five. Now it's a 6-mana five 5-5. Five. So you've polarized even more. Uh, Merps was talking about the, the floor drop-down, right? That's a big design problem if you're thinking of, of, of it in terms of uh, a card design um, for the arena. But because people aren't going to pick it anywhere near as often as they did before, and honestly because people were not being offered it and were not picking it that often to begin with, I'll talk about that uh, later with more offering odd stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so like Battlemaster, I lost a Battlemaster two out of the three times it was played against me in the the, the two nights that I played uh, Arena during this new meta. Um, that was more often than I've lost a Battlemaster, or like about that was a higher frequency per game that I've lost a Battlemaster than pre-expansion. I mean, than pre-patch. And that's not because people are picking Battlemaster more, or somehow Battlemaster got better after the nerf, but. 
my theory on this, I do have a theory on, on why I'm losing to Battlemaster more, is that remember when we talked about Battlemaster before, and I said it is almost never the right choice to play Battlemaster at 5, and so many players are doing it. Well, now, Blizzard kind of made it impossible for you to misplay Battlemaster. So now, whenever you do see a Battlemaster, it's forcing players to play Battlemaster as it, it, to its biggest advantage. So, yeah, the card definitely got significantly worse because it's no longer a backup 5 drop and because it just eats up one of your extra mana later. It's causing average players to play the card in a more intelligent way, not needing to use their own intelligence, of which, you know, they only have so much of, but by removing the bad options. Um, so, I think that's going to be one of these effects where... Maybe you see Battlemaster less than you saw Battlemaster before, but you're going to see it use right more often than not. And and that's even worse, because when a Battlemaster is used wrong, it doesn't do much. You've kind of like just neutered a, a super good card. But a nerfed version of the Battlemaster used right, that's potentially even better. Um, so... Uh, and, the uh, the other thing with uh, with Battlemaster and why you just don't see it a lot is that it's kind of a complicated card. A lot of players won't like want to pick it. Um, you see that with a number of cards. Like a lot of cards that hurt yourself, players just don't pick it for some reason. Even though it's really good cards that mill your own cards, people just don't like it. Even though its win rates are insanely good, like uh, the, the Banshee. The Banshee always had ridiculously good win rates, um, even by average players. But but the average players still weren't picking them because they just don't like the feeling of milling their own cards. I guess. Um, and I feel like Battlemaster is going to end up closer to, to that. Not Obviously not as good as a Banshee, and anywhere close to a Banshee. The card's value definitely dropped down. But that's why we're not like, like, this card hasn't dropped it below a Yeti at all. Not even close. It's a C plus or even a low B still, because you're still giving two of your minions win theory. This is a game ender. This is, this is um, a, bl bl a bloodlust. Like, it's a six mana neutral bloodlust. That has some other applicable, like, you know, traits. It's still a freaking insane card. Uh, so, yeah. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about the... So that, that, those are all the uh, changes in Arena that happened uh, on the card side. But they also hit the button, which means uh, all the classes got readjusted. The offering odds got readjusted. And before we dig into the actual class readjustments... Uh, one thing that we've talked about a little, but we haven't really focused on too much about it, it's um, it's that sometime in, I think this is when, what was the, the last mini expansion? Um, I forget what it was called. What? The, the last mini expansion? The Caves? The, the Caves, yeah. Uh, when, when that came out, they changed the offering rates so that Epics for certain sets appeared as often as like commons or like rares or whatever and so you saw a spike in all these epic cards um and that hasn't gone away with the new sets and uh so you are seeing a lot more epics than we did like months ago but it really hasn't changed since the previous uh metas um since the ship happened like if you're wondering why you see so many clowns being offered and like rabbits like that's why uh so just keep it in mind epics are not really that epic anymore um, but, uh, in terms of the actual class balance that Blizzard intended to do, uh, Blizzard messed this one up really bad. Yeah. There's, 
There's no two ways about it. Like, if you just look at the numbers, Druid was below 55%. Now, Warlock is above 55%. Um, the lowest class, Priest, was like an unplayable like 42%. Druid is now 40%. It's been Warriors falling. 43%. I, I don't know if 40% is the floor here. I'm not sure. As in, it keeps going down. I wouldn't be surprised if it just kept going down. Uh, and if you go look at Druids and just click on it, you see exactly why. Druids used to have above 40% uh, kind of appearance rate index for Arbor Up. I, I forget exactly what it was. It was like close-ish to 50% at one point. Now it's below 25%. So th this, once again, n please never call it micro-adjust ever again. <laughs> These seismic... I didn't use that word this entire podcast. Yes, I, I, I understand. This isn't for you. This is for all of us out there. Um, and I think people are better at it. Like, I've, I've seen people on Arena HS and that term, micro-adjust, I mean, I think everyone knows how laughable it is now. Um, mm -hmm. But it went from... Druids can I don't I don't know if Blizzard even calls a micro adjust anymore. I, I don't think they I think do. they just call it like balance adjust. Right, or right. Because I think even they've seen throughout the years like th these are seismic changes. It mm -hmm. is just like we crown you and then <laughs> just like with any good revolution or something, they they just like kill off the king, right? Like they kill off the yep. king. Uh, and druids are unplayable now because you not only kill Arbor up, you're killing like all of these class cards, the good class cards, like we saw with Park Panther, uh, you know, Druid of the Plains, all of these good things. And they also kill the good neutral cards as well, which uh, not too surprising. A lot of the good neutral cards uh, like Scorpid and Importer uh, generate these things if you didn't <laughs> have it before. So it's it's almost like a double whammy nowadays. Like the good classes not only get the good class cards, but they also get more Scorpids to generate more of these good class cards. Druids just got hit so hard. They were, I think, Brutal. at like, yeah, 40, about 45% appearance rate of an Arbor Up naturally in a deck. Now they are sub 25%. Uh, so they just got slammed, and there's there's no way for you to play around it, really, draft, like, <clears throat> oh, yeah, there's some secret tech here. Uh, there just isn't. Like, th there's no way for you to finesse this. We don't have buckets anymore, so there's no way for you to kind of play around with everything. You draft Druid, you are going to lose. That's basically it. We see similar things with Warrior at a 43%. But Druid is the one that was at the top for the longest time. And I understand some people are like, screw Druid. I prefer not to see them for quite a while. But this is also kind of tiring. It's it's almost as if you might as well just do it like they do in BGs and take it out. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. just take it out. Prevent noobs from picking Druid. Like, imagine playing this game without HS Replay, without listening to the podcast, without, like, watching streams, without going to Arena HS, without doing all of this stuff. You do a, a couple runs every single week. You understand. You're like, wow, the druid is really good. And then you've just drafted a couple druids. You're like, God, I am so unlucky. Like, how am I so <laughs> unlucky? Uh, because you you are incredibly unlucky. You never get those arbor ups anymore. You never get park panthers. You never get any of those. Uh, that must really suck. Spend, you know, if you spend cash or if you 
through your quest mm-hmm. uh, and your progression get get gold um it, it just really does suck and if you're going to nerf to this extent i'm like just do it like they do in bgs just take out druid <laughs> yeah yeah like okay if you're at 54 percent right and now you're at 40 percent that means you've overcorrected for the problem more than doubly that's how bad you were at estimating the effects of your like decisions more than doubly so like i don't know imagine if i wanted to lose 10 pounds and 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 then i lost 25 pounds <laughs> like that like that that's you know i cannot the, the, imagine the that i i like it's literally it's, cannot. it's just if you ever tried losing losing weight and you're aiming for 10 and you get 25 that's that's a crazy thing now now imagine that the, the the extra ones are like just actually bad not just like good i wanted to lose more weight it's it, it's kind of inconceivable how bad they've made it it also um it also gets harder and harder like as a class gets like if you made the class super 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 bad its win rate is still not going to be like zero or like 20 percent. it's still going to have some percentage of win rates because eventually you're going to just face potatoes and uh and that's gonna you know boost your win rate up on average so the problem at 40 percent is actually so much worse than it seems um i i don't know i don't know how they did it like i don't know how they thought that this was an okay thing to do and i was always someone who said that druids are actually better than their win rate suggests right now like when druid was at the top but this is crazy uh this is a crazy nerf it's a crazy nerf to, to warriors too both of them got crazy nerfed um, on top of that, your third class also got crazy nerfed, or also got nerfed, was Demon Hunter. But they're still doing fine for some reason. They're at 49.1%. That's like a decent nerf uh, for the third class. And from Blizzard's perspective, remember for the last um, the last Lifeforge podcast, we talked about the top four classes. Because there was actually four top classes. It was Druid, Demon Hunter, Warrior, uh, sorry, Druid, Warrior, Demon Hunter, and Warlock. Those were your top four classes. We talked about them because they all had roughly similar win rates before there was a huge jump in win rates for the other classes below them. Blizzard decided to nerf three of them and not touch the fourth one. No idea why. Their stats must have been very different than HS Replay win rate stats. But predictably, after they did that, the class remaining that was almost just as good as all the other classes, but was not touched, became number one. And that's Warlock. And not only did Warlock become number one, it's a problematic 55% number one. It's not like, oh, it's slightly number one. The second closest one is Hunter at 53.6%, uh, which was uh, also untouched. And uh, De- uh, Paladin was also untouched, and that's 51.8%. The four classes that they actually buffed Mage is at 51.2%, so I'm, I guess I'm glad we're doing the Arena Coop of Mage this week. It could have gone horribly wrong. So it's like like success, right? Like you don't want to buff things too much. Uh, Shaman uh, is at 49%. Like, okay, slightly under buffed, but that's fine. Priest, which everyone thought was like, oh my god, no, they're buffing Priest. is going to be insane. I was always skeptical of that, given what the meta is. But Priest is 47.8%. 
So Priest is still not doing so hot. And Rogue is 46.6%. So Rogue is actually doing kind of bad. Of course, you have to go down another 3.6% to get to Warrior. So Warrior and Druid are really just like not in the game. Like, please don't touch them. Um, I, I, I don't know. They've, they have not messed up a micro-adjust so bad in quite some time. Like, micro-adjusts usually, almost always, micro-adjusts make things at least statistically more even. Uh, sorry, not micro-adjusts, class-adjusts make things statistically more even when it comes to class win rates. Because that is their goal. That is their explicit purpose. They're not exactly meant to make the meta better. They're meant to make it so that you have roughly equal chances of win rate when you click each one of the classes to select it. So you can actually pick the one you want and not necessarily just the best one. Um... I don't know what's happened to their algorithm. I don't know what's happened to all their stuff that they were doing it. Uh, so the adjustments are never perfect. In fact, they are often surprisingly bad. Uh, but they never made the problem worse. Or I think that happens like once every like, I don't know, six times, seven times they push the button. And this is one of those times. So, yeah. Um... That's, that's how the class balance is shaking out right now. Do you have any comments on the class balance before I talk about the meta overall? No, nope. Because the meta is actually shifted. You can go ahead. Okay. So because of what Blizzard has done, the meta has totally shifted. This is not the same meta as it was the last week. And the meta is now... Remember last week we called it the tempo meta. Well, now the meta is a even more tempo meta. You have created a race to the bottom when it comes to tempo. I uh, part of, I was actually very scared when Warlock when they did the uh, nerfs because I'm like, well, Warlock's clearly going to be number one if they nerf the three top classes and left Warlo uh, the three of the four top classes and left Warlock alone, uh, obviously. And lo and behold, Warlock was number one because that was a dumb thing for them to do, and anyone should have been able to tell before they actually hit the button. Uh, but I thought Warlock was going to play roughly the same way as what Warlock did previously. Because remember, Warlocks didn't have an adjustment, right? Like, they left Warlock alone. So if you leave Warlock alone, it should have the same freaking decks that it had before, right? That's not, that's not like a weird thing. Okay, well, that hasn't actually happened. Warlock decks are now much more zoo than control. Whereas before, successful Warlock decks were flip-the-board kind of metas. Now, Warlock decks are usually more zoo, even though the top cards are still the flip-the-board cards. And the top cards are not really being seen less frequently uh, than they were before with the exception of uh, Entitled Customer, which which didn't move. So more people are playing Warlock right now, so if you just click a random Warlock card, like, say, Bloodbound Imp, you see its, uh, you'll, you'll see its uh, usage rates and, uh, and win rates kind of go up. Um, Entitled Customer, not as much. Uh, I don't know if it's just because it's a rarer card or something. But rather than having this large gap in Warlock between the, bo the board clear cards at the very top and the other Warlock good cards uh, after that. The gap has now narrowed to be like 0.5%, which reflects this huge shift in the meta. 
everybody is going so fast now that people are dying. Even Warlocks are dying before they get to turn 6 Entitled Customer and Rift Cleaver. Or to the extent they get to those cards, they can't successfully flip the board, right? They're like close enough to dead that the Warlock can't like really come back from it. Because remember, if you get the Warlock down to like 10 health, even if the Warlock retakes the board, as long as you have enough cards to finish them off, they can't hero power anymore, they can't do whatever, they're in a very bad spot. So, um, the pressure is is has been really raised on the tempo side and you can tell when you just draft a normal deck these days um if you don't curve out you pretty much lose uh if you do curve out you're probably still i've tried drafting decks that were so low on the curve and i would still lose by tempo and not card advantage um it's it's just i i whatever because they, they change the offer rates of so many cards and the class composition has changed so much that i don't know what exactly is driving it compared to before because druid and warriors both used to play very tempo heavy games but i guess they're not like as tempo heavy as hunter and paladin and like possibly zoo warlock so now a even faster style of deck is uh is taking over uh the meta and everyone's kind of reacting to it um so uh my advice is to go a little more mid-rangey than the very fastest, but if you find yourself losing a lot to tempo, then you know that you're not going low enough, right? The way to beat a deck is always to be a little bit slower than the prevailing deck. Um, and right now, your normal like five to six twos, four to five threes, four, uh, four fours, you know, maybe one or two one drops, like that kind of normal curve is way too slow. Like, you need to be much faster than that to be, like, at the midpoint even. Or even to be, like, a, a, a deck that's a little bit above the midpoint. Um, it's just a very tempo-heavy meta right now. And Warlocks, about three out of four Warlocks I've seen were Zoo Warlocks. With, like, one uh, board clear at most. I, I can't remember. I actually, I have not seen in this new meta a Warlock yet that has played more than one board clear. Which is crazy. Cool. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the meta update. Um, it, I, I don't really know what to say about it. The meta was already very tempo. Now it's even more tempo. That's not a good thing. Um, I am really annoyed at mages, like in general. And there are much more mages now than there were before, even though mages were only like somewhat buffed. Um, so the top three of the top four classes by Winray right now all have secrets. That really annoys me. I just kind of hate playing against secrets in general. Um, and especially if you're tempo, like and the whole game is tempo and there's a secret, it, it's it, it's not actually like that skillful to play around because it's often just like, well, if they have that secret, I'm dead. And and that secret comes out on potentially turn like three or four or five. And you already know that if they played a particular secret, then the game is over and you have lost. It's just, there's too many of those kinds of moments. And that's always what happens when you get too tempo heavy. 
right? That's one of the reasons why Blizzard really pulled back from Tempo like three years ago. And now um, in the last, like this year so far, they've like kind of gone back into the Tempo world uh, from, uh, from a constructive perspective. Uh, and it's bleeding over to the arena side. But without, without Ashes of Outlands and Skullamance Academy, we're already, we were always at risk of going back to something that was too Tempo. And now with these adjusts, it's gotten like even more Tempo. So, yeah, too much tempo. Yeah, arena, whoa. Okay, so that's it for the arena portion. Let's let's talk about um, let's talk about the battlegrounds because we have some changes in battlegrounds. We have some changes. I'm not gonna go on a whole sort of spiel about it because look. <laughs> Soon TM Copium Big BG changes are coming. We don't know exactly when. Uh, I was expecting end of this month, but we're kind of at the end of the month. And I don't think... Who, who knows? They might surprise us with it very soon. Uh, but we have some changes in the recent patch as well. But once again, the big changes. The 30 minion rework. Like Battlegrounds 2.0 essentially. That is still upcoming. But for this patch... What they did was they changed a lot of heroes, which I think was super necessary. So, number one, Shutterwalk is back. Shutterwalk uh, has a new hero power. It is a zero-cost hero power that you can use twice. And it does this. Adds a 1-1 Shutterling to your hand that repeats all battle cries you've played. Twice per game, you can get the Shutterling. And the Shuttling just replays all the battle cries you've had that game. It's such a unique, interesting, skill-testing hero power because it, it you got to remember everything that you have done, everything that you've bought, especially when it comes to tokens. Like, when it comes to tokens, when it comes to, oh, wait, did I play a Murzon as well? Did I play an Amalgadon? How many homunculuses have I played? You got to track a lot. But I would say the most skill testing is planning out your turns, especially when there's double tokens in and you're trying to do tokens and just do that one pop-off turn. Uh, super cool. Right now in the HS Replay stats, Shutterwalk is very good. For the top 1%, which is 10k MMR or higher, Shutterwalk is number 4. It is basically Hook Tusk level. We all know how good Hook Tusk is. So Shutterwalk wins a lot of games, um, but, uh, you know, sometimes you can crash and burn a little bit. And, and we've talked about before exactly how skill testing it is. So the fact that it is for, even for, you know, top 1% players, that's very, very good. Uh, next... It's like such an awkwardly designed power. It is so hard to master and, and such a weird one for, for me. Uh, to even just like turn plan, right? I I've seen a lot of mm -hmm. good players play Shutterwalk and the amount of th stuff that they have to remember and the amount that they need to process. Because it's not just remembering, oh, all these battle cries. It's remembering, okay, with all these in mind, how do I maximize its effects? You know, when you get tokens in and when you get tripling and then all of that stuff. Yeah, that I'm less concerned with, but like it's also a shutter look. Like you also have to play it onto the board yeah you also have to and play you it. can hold it into your hand after you hero power like i 
such a weird design choice. It is incredibly skill testing. So, which is a good thing. Um, I will see where this kind of ends up and where the community ends up uh, with their thoughts on this. And this is also a hero that, you know, because the shuttling depends so much on battle cries, it kind of doesn't matter how good Shutterwalk is right now. Let's see what they do with mm -hmm. all of the minions because this hero power is directly tied to yeah. all of the available battle cries in the game and with a 30 minion plus rework coming who knows right but super interesting super cool we when they took away shutterwalk we knew that just wasn't going to work like that hero was never good it was only funny sometimes to do meme things with pogo hopper you guys remember pogo that jandis ruined but before jandis there was the occasional shutterwalk pogo hopper f's in chat please remember uh but i i, I like the rework it's interesting at the very least whoever thought of this really thought a lot about this this is not mm -hmm. one that you just like kind of this has been heavily tested there's no way yeah. this came out like someone's head and this had to have gone through like six iterations before they came to this it's such a dangerous concept like it's such a pandora's box uh thing mm -hmm. but i like it they're taking risks it's cool as of right now it's very powerful but the amount of planning that you have to do you know it feels very rewarding if you do get to master it so that's um that's cool. Now, let's get to the new number one hero. Ooh, based on HS replay stats for the top 1%. It's Daryl now. Wow, our favorite dancing Frago. Uh, they buffed Daryl to give random minions in the shop three hats instead of two when you sell. So it's now just this strict 50% bonus, which is great. Remember we talked like a year and a half ago and we said if Daryl mm -hmm. is ever not at least one of the better heroes in the game, we have a problem. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Daryl fell way... Like, you couldn't pick him. Daryl was unpickable. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, well, the power because level... Because we had a problem. We had a problem. It's like Calpheus. Like, these are things that should not ever go below the median or else you change fundamental things of how these games work. And, yeah. And you have. If BG's has been fundamentally changed. All these crazy hero powers, all of these pop-off potential combos. Uh, so Blizzard had to adjust. You either had to nerf everything, or you just had to say, Daryl, we're just giving you more hats. And here's, here, Daryl so, right so now... So here's the thing with... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. so Daryl right now Darryl. is in Tier 1 by himself. He, he stands alone. Now, he still never wins games, as in he wins... Uh, or gets first place about 8% of the time, which is not that high. But in typical Daryl fashion, uh, Daryl just dominates the top four. Like, gets second, third, and fourth at an obscene rate. You just sacrifice the number one ranking. But with Daryl, you also, like, never get eighth or seventh or sixth. So he's back to doing Daryl things. You just stay on tier four. Mechs are your best friend. Uh, you can get hydras as well like hydras and uh mechs are your best friends on tier four uh and then you kind of just get into the top four and you die to the crazy menagerie or you die to the crazy you know um like quadruple caligos build there's no shame in that but we're back to uh daryl being what it is and i'm here for it i love it uh, like 
What so the design wise, what they've done is they've opened up the design space at the top. You can tell it went from two to three. So literally, there's been an average power creep of um, like plus fifty percent at the very top because Daryl was at the very top in the very beginning. Um, so since they launched the game, it's plus fifty percent uh, of of a power creep, and it's like power creeping in games isn't inevitable, especially if they can keep reworking hero powers, but. They're running out of, like, interesting design space. And one of the issues with trying to make, like, low mana things, or really most hero powers would, would qualify uh, as this, is if you're trying to make a card and you're trying to create and balance a lot of them, but they all have to be zero mana cards, that's a freaking impossible task. If they all had to be two mana cards or one mana cards, that's really hard because a lot of them you'll want to make 1.25 mana. Um for balance reasons, if nothing else. And also for design reasons, right? Let's say I want to give something a, a, a banana, or sorry, a hat. Well, a hat's plus one, plus one. So I can only give one hat or two hat, right? Like, I could make it give 50% of a, of a hat, like, you know, sometimes, right? Like, but that's not intuitive, and that's not as fun. And then you're introducing RNG that you really don't want sometimes. Um, not that Daryl would care, because Daryl's all RNG. Uh but uh, but you, you just open up a lot more design space when you go when you go kind of go bigger. Now the problem and why you don't just start there because you can easily just start there. You didn't have to start where Battleground started. Is that now swings are going to be huge? Whenever you increase the power of stuff, even if everything's balanced, swings are going to be big. So when the hero power hits, the hero power hits really hard. When the hero power doesn't hit, you will then just lose to everybody whose hero power has hit. Like, and that's not a skill thing. Whenever swings are large, skill goes down more. Uh, skill impact goes down more. So the entire direction of Battlegrounds is to add complexity. Because you have more design space to create this complexity. And you're just like adding more heroes and more units and more stuff. So you've added a lot of complexity... But at the same time, on a fundamental level, you're lowering the skill. So the complexity has to make up for the lower amount of fundamentals. Um, and so a lot of things like knowing the meta, uh, you know, knowing how each specific heroes and their nuances and dealing with uh, how they deal with minions and then whenever they update a shop, like that changes. All of that becomes more important, which is to say memorization and just kind of like knowing stuff right game sense the skill is more hero much more specific. important uh yeah. the skill in bgs is becoming much much more hero specific whereas uh you know you still need the the foundational tools and the knowledge and the game sense but for for example um i think kurtris is one of those heroes that um, you obviously need to know the game, get a sense of tempo and everything. Uh, but Kurtris is one of those where you just like, you got to play the hero a few times. You got to know exactly how it operates, the best ways to activate your hero power, when to activate it based on the shop and the tribe. So yeah, you're building up your kind of like Kurtris toolbox with these fundamentals, but you really just got to know how to play Kurtris. And mm -hmm. With, with the complexity here, you, you know, if we're talking about something like a Shutterwalk, something like a Jandis or a Hook Tusk, uh, these are some of the top heroes in the game. And yeah, like, 
it is very complex. So they, they've shifted skill from generalized kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, uh, you know, this is when like it's generally good to level. Oh, I need to like s- really do the scouting. And that's like the biggest part of the game. It- it's still a part of the game, but it-, it a lot of it is like, all right, turn planning for Jandis specifically, mm-hmm. turn planning, doing the best odds for Hook Tusk, and then doing that for Shutterwalk as well. So I think the three of these heroes are similar and you can bucket them in a similar way because the possibilities and your big playmaking potential for these three, which are uh, right now four, five, and six on the rankings. And I I would say they're higher in the hands of the highest skill level players, Shutterwalk, Hooktusk, and Barov. With these three heroes, so similar in that it's like, if you play them perfectly, you can pop off so hard with them, but it is a little bit more specific now to them. It, It wasn't like, a lot of the heroes a year ago, a year and a half ago, which were very similar. You know, it's more about mm-hmm. your knowledge of BGs. And yeah, hero powers, you know, you, you, you sprinkle them in, you, you did stuff with them, but it's like, oh, right, I get some extra stats with Edwin. Uh, with Yogg, yeah. I get to level a little bit differently from everyone, right? Like you get to level a little bit differently. Isn't that cool? And now everyone levels very differently. Uh, even like heroes that, uh, are trying to pop off like uh, you see more heroes staying on one and either doing like uh the uh, for lack of better terms you know the people uh a lot of the players call it like the chinese curve right like the chinese curve um where you like level twice on turn seven people do the reform curve which we all know but things are getting really weird uh and is it sk- still skill testing yes but now you just got to kind of know this stuff. Like if you don't know that the Chinese curve exists, if you don't know uh, about all of the intricate ways to play this specific character, you're going to fall behind. Uh, meanwhile, like a year ago, if you played Edwin pretty well, can you just pick up Yogg and understand a lot about what makes Yogg good? Yeah, you can. You can still do that, but the carryover is much smaller and it'll take you a little longer for you to really pick it up because it'll take you a lot longer. The Venn diagram, more heroes. Yeah, now. the overlap in the in the Venn yeah, diagram is much smaller now. So your your skill, as far as like a skill floor that's required to like actually play the game, has gone up. But swing doesn't just like swing is not about complexity. The complexity is added separately, right? The fact that they created this swing because they are upping all the power level and giving themselves more room to to play with. Um, and to, in theory, keep things balanced, uh, at least statistically, um, that's what's causing the, the complexity. And the complexity can create different kinds of skill. But fundamentally, the swing is still there, which means all RNG effects that you are presented with within the game, and it's Battlegrounds. It's like you know anything else. There's a lot of RNG just built into the game. gets amplified more because that's what swing does. Swing amplifies RNG and then erases RNG. And so it, at a fundamental level... No matter what amount of complexity you are building into these heroes, you can't get away from, and this is why it's called the physics of the game. The physics of the game has been fundamentally altered so that skill impact as determined, like I'm, I'm counting like the skill impact of like generally having good strategy, right? Once you hit a skill floor of being able to 
manage the complexity in like an okay way not talking about the skill like your your swings itself would have lowered the ability for your skill above the floor to impact the results of the game against someone who's roughly in the in like a roughly equal uh, skill level it's impacted that because you're raising 150 percent it's going to impact that by roughly the same percentage and that's like if you're wondering why people don't just like why game designers don't just give themselves more room to design stuff that's why it's because the more room you give yourself to design stuff you can design stuff when it gets more complicated which is not a good game design thing but even if you want it to be more complicated it has knock-on effects on skill like if my opponent is doing something crazy because the RNG got amplified by his now better hero power and my more moderate RNG uh, result in this game got amplified by my also more powerful hero power, but, you know, my RNG just wasn't, like, as good. Now that amplification of difference is much harder to mitigate with fundamentals. Like, that's the point of fundamentals, is to be able to allow you to switch paces, is to be able to allow you to... Uh, um, to, uh, to ba basically like lose less when you're losing, right? Like that's the point of fundamentals. Um, and you're, you're going to get less of that from the perspective of hero powers. Now, what they're trying to do to make up for it is they're trying to make the tribes play more with each other and the neutral set to serve more of a purpose rather than the initial game where the neutral set did nothing and the tribes were pretty independent from each other uh so by connecting all those they're trying to roughly keep the fundamental skill level at around the same place while giving themselves the extra room so it's really interesting to see that come together because in theory battlegrounds like not talking about complexity but just strategy wise battlegrounds should have become a much more strategic game because of all the crap that they've been adding in and the frankly much better neutrals and much more like cohesive um uh tribes that they've been uh, introducing and much more interaction and the effects have been kind of uneven and it's because they're using it like their goal isn't to make the game more strategic their goal is to be able to build up that kind of like extra pool, right? Like think like I worked out and I burned 200 calories. Well, now I can eat 200 more calories. That's Blizzard's philosophy in Battlegrounds. So they're not trying to make the game more skillful, but they're trying to strike that balance where every time they create more room that they then use it to make things bigger and so that to make things more like part of it is complexity and part of it is just like coolness, right? To make more interesting powers. All right, a um, couple other things. Uh, so we got changes to three other heroes. Flurgal, uh, which still sucks, unfortunately, now gets a, or it adds a random Murloc to Bob's Tavern after you sell any minion, not just a Murloc. So it's better. It's definitely better. It unfortunately still sucks according to stats. Am I going to play it? I sure am. That's that's that, the floor goal. That looks like a huge upgrade in hero power. Well, yeah, it's a huge upgrade. You just didn't know how bad Florgal was before that. Oh, okay. I, I mean, it it is a, a huge upgrade, and Florgal has always been one of those heroes that I think people, or, or the stats didn't reflect exactly how good it was, uh, but it, it's still not great. That's the problem with it. Mm -hmm. It's still not fantastic. 
Uh, okay, Maiev now gets plus two, plus two instead of just plus one, plus one. Yeah. It's okay now. It's okay. Well, it's, it, it can get plus four, plus four, and it would not be not okay. It, it would be better, much better. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I just mean it wouldn't like it wouldn't break the be, game like in the top tier. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like it wouldn't be top tier uh, if it was plus four, plus four. Um, so yeah, they buffed it to plus two, plus two. If they want later on, especially if there's a bit more power creep, they could buff it to plus. My F right now is uh, about Alakir or a Galakron level, so it's like tier two. It's solid tier two, uh, which mm-hmm. is fine. If it was plus four, plus four, it would would actually be good, um, just because that that is a lot of stats. But anyways, uh, Malgos now can use uh, his hero power twice a turn instead of just once a turn. Yay! Yay! You know it's cool. You can do yeah. You can do a few things, and Malgos right now is about as good as Millhouse. So once again, tier two. Nice. Solid tier two. It's okay. All right. Any uh, any thoughts? Like overall, I thought overall, it was a good change. The one thing that really makes me feel good about BGs is every single BG patch, uh, even if the changes don't exactly play out the way that I want it to, or even the way that Blizzard may want it to play out to, um, I think most of the patches at least identify some of the issues with the game and they're working towards, um, a a game state i'll I'll call it that uh is better than it was before so i like it and and once again i'm just really excited for the rework because i think what they're going to do Mm -hmm. and they've hinted at it as well a lot of people think for example hogger is going to be gone and i think that's a good thing right like a lot of people are anticipating hogger is going to be gone and i think that there's a lot of minions and just a lot like some play styles which i believe they had visions for and just kind of got away from them or or or, uh it it just didn't work out the way they wanted it to and i anticipate that bgs is going to be so much more cohesive after this Mm -hmm. big change and i like these changes like you know daryl was always going to kind of suck if they didn't do anything they could either take daryl out they could change his hero power, actually, right? Like, giving fractions is not something that Blizzard really does. It's also very inelegant. So I I agree with Blizzard that, like... 50% chance to get a hat. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's exactly. It's RNG anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, like... definitely. Or, yeah, just keep uh, the old hero power. But whenever, yeah, whenever you sell a minion, you also have, how about this, uh, a 10% chance on top of that to give it like plus nine plus nine <laughs> sure just yeah just like make a huge chart of like the amount of hats that your minion gets it could get one hat it could get two hats it could get three hats just you know give it a lot of hats yeah yeah uh, i'm sure people wouldn't love that i mean y- you would see the videos of suddenly it's like turn three and there's like a 30 30 minion because they just hit like the point zero one percent uh but yes i mean that's that's um so what they did did with daryl i don't exactly mind like you know we can talk about oh all this power creep look there's going to be power creep and now uh daryl is on top and uh i i think anytime the number one hero is uh a hero that doesn't get number one a lot but uh you know kind of stabilizes that i like that i like when something like daryl is up there 
Um, Daryl is definitely more skillful, in my opinion, than a hero like Cthune. I, I, when Cthune was at the top of the meta, or, or oh, when God, Wagtoggle was at the top of the meta... Wait, did they change Cthune? Huh? Did they change Cthune? Uh, no, right? No, no, no. Cthune yeah, was like... So he's, he's still like... Okay. Uh, Cthune is still there. I mean, Cthune is the same as Omu, which is good, right? Like, mm. Omu is good. Cthune is good. Uh, but yeah, Cthune is no longer at the very top. Uh, and that just makes sense. Now you have Daryl with a 50% increase, right? It's like, why would I pick Cthune? Um, especially because Cthune has basically no flexibility when it comes to yep. minions. Daryl does. Like, you, you, there is actually quite a lot of stuff that you can do with Daryl in terms of choosing the minion. Um, you can take some rolls. You can, you can do some stuff. Like, you can use Daryl's hero power to kind of just bridge your way uh you can just use it for tempo to actually find an mm -hmm. end game build you could just do some middle like middle stuff and then pop off later on with Cthune, you have none of that like your minions are basically your end minions you're buffing them your amount of rolls is so limited meanwhile daryl has a lot of options and then you can do these synergies and everything also your chances of getting like any sort of cleave online with daryl is pretty easy as long as beasts are in, your chances of getting a cleave online with Cthune is pretty non-existent. Like the amount of times that you're able to see a cleave uh, with Cthune, it, it just doesn't work out because of because of the curve. Uh, and, and then, mm -hmm. of course, it's luck, right? A lot of it is luck based. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. Like overall, I'm happy with at least what they're identifying and the direction that they're taking. And they didn't even have to do this. Just the fact that they knew that. BGs needed BGs 2.0 and they previewed the pirates and with that a lot of people are guessing and I'm with them like the assumption is just like okay we're showing you pirates for a reason because pirates is either they suck the number one they, they, or they are broken they at, are literally yeah, running by a bus yeah yeah like the pirate uh, tribe is it doesn't work it just doesn't mm -hmm. work you you either have scam comp which is not pirates it's cadgar it's cadgar comp mm -hmm. it's cadgar comp it's not a real pirate comp right cadgar uh baron is like those are the stars of the comp that's what really makes it tick um and and then you have like hogger infinite pirates but that's i don't think that's something that blizzard loves you know it's part of the reason that they got rid of uh um, the the big Cadgar brand transitions and they change the way that stuff triples onto the board. So I'm happy with it. Uh, I'm I'm very happy with the way that they're going, uh, and I just can't wait until I see more with it. They're obviously not going to do the same thing with Arena, so I'm just holding out hope for the actual game mode that they are putting work into. Nice, yeah. Um, all right. That's uh, that's it for the the Hearthstone stuff. Um, I want to do a, a question from the goat, just because, as you can tell from my metaphors in this episode, it's on my mind, and it's on your mind, or it's on my mind because I'm starving. Uh, but I am on a starvation diet right now, uh, and I thought it was interesting. I've been on this for almost three weeks now, not quite three weeks, um, but we're getting close to it, and I've been losing uh, two to three pounds a week as medically recommended uh, of the most weight you can lose in a week without it being like unhealthy somehow. So that's kind of what I was targeting. Um, I had 
I had slipped past the BMI line into obesity, which I know the BMI is a terrible judgment, um, but just that line, I was like, all right, this is probably, it's probably actually time to stop eating 100% junk and literally not caring at all about, you know, anything else for, I've probably done that for like, God, like three years running, maybe four years, maybe. It's been a while since I thought about what I was eating or exercise. And I still haven't started exercising and I don't plan to. Um, that's just, that's that's too much. Uh, but I, I have tried to get below the BMI line and uh, and I did. It's like 203 for my height and I had gone to like 206 uh, after a fat trip to DC and New York and New Jersey. So once I got back, I was like, all right, it's time to time to button down. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it up until I get to around like 185 maybe before I, I stop, let it rebound a little. So that's my plan. And um, the diet is just a really easy diet. Just whenever I'm thinking of eating something, I just eat half as much as I would normally eat. And so then you cut your calories by half, which most people shouldn't do. But like I was probably consuming like three, four thousand calories easily every day. Um, so cutting it by half was like just kind of a good move. Um, but I haven't changed what I've eaten mostly, um, except I eat a lot more salads now just because it's really hard to eat like half a sandwich and like keep the other half in the fridge and then it gets like terrible. Um, but, uh, just but yeah, make we still more sandwiches. My... Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the bread, it's just, it's it, logistically, it's just so much easier to do salads for, and I probably eat like four salads a week now. Uh, up from like zero um but most of my diet is still like burritos and pizza and hamburgers and you know all that normal stuff um because because they're they're what tastes good i just eat less of it like if i would normally have two slices of pizza i just have one slice now it's fine one slice of pizza is like 600 calories like it's really fine <laughs> for a meal uh, so i don't know maybe that'll help uh, some of you other fat asses out there uh try to lose some weight um I am hungry like most of the day though, which, uh, which kind of sucks, but I do have more energy because I'm hungry though. Like you get a lot of energy when you're hungry. Um, like people are always like, oh no, you're hungry. You must have like no energy. Like, yeah, I guess you would have, I would have less energy if I was like trying to do hard labor or something and I was starving. Like that probably doesn't mix so well, but like I'm sitting in front of a computer, like, you know, doing white collar work like I, my body is like get some food and so it's giving me a lot of mental energy so that i could go and find some food and i i don't but i use the energy so that's pretty good bad for sleep good for uh good for good for doing stuff all right I, I, have nothing to update, add. I have nothing to add to that. We, we, we can just you, end you have nothing that. to add no, to no, the, the I, starvation gonna, diet. No, All right, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. It's perfect. All right, uh, that's it from us. Um, we'll catch you here next week. Until then, this is Adwick. This is Merp. See ya. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube 
Twitter or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.